What is the strongest barrier against medical errors? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Jim Conway. Mr. Conway is chairman of the Partnership for Healthcare Excellence and senior vice president of the Institute of Healthcare Improvement in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Mr. Conway, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Table. It's wonderful to be here with you all. What is the Partnership for Healthcare Excellence? The Partnership is a coalition, both individuals and organizations, who want to work together to give consumers a much greater voice when it comes to improving the safety and effectiveness of care. I've been around the healthcare industry for about 40 years, and I believe that the public are among the most powerful but least mobilized stakeholders in the healthcare community. The partnership is exciting in that who's in this partnership. It includes consumer groups, businesses, insurers, healthcare providers, physicians, nurses, social workers, organized labor. We have disease advocacy groups. We have public health advocates and other broad-based coalitions. And finally, we have three goals that we're trying to achieve. The first is we want through this campaign to educate the public about variations in healthcare quality. We want to encourage consumers to become much more informed and involved in their care. And we also want to mobilize a cadre of consumers to become advocates for the kind of overall change necessary to improve the quality, safety, and effectiveness of healthcare. How do you encourage patients to become more involved? Well, I think the first thing you do is you welcome them in. You invite them into the discussion. You partner them with them. You educate them. I've had the privilege of listening to patients and families, consumers around the world, and What they tell me, if we do nothing else, we listen to them, trust them, and respect them as partners in care. How do you mobilize consumers to become advocates for change? Well, I think the first part is the points that I just went over above. But I think the second part is to bring them to tables where decisions are being made. And there's multiple tables. So the first is... In their own care, there's this notion of developing a shared care plan that you as a diabetic sit down with your physician and together you develop the plan. The second is in how we include them the care in the care of family and friends. The big point here is family are not visitors in healthcare organizations and families should be an active participant in healthcare, whether it's at the bedside in the hospital or in the clinic room. We're also seeing some wonderful inclusion of consumers in the healthcare delivery system. So in Massachusetts, we have under a group called Healthcare for All, a very active consumer advisory group who's advising us on legislation, who's advising us on how we advance reform and Massachusetts. I was the chief operating officer of Dana-Farber Cancer Institute for 10 years. In that organization, we welcomed patients and families at every decision-making table around the quality of care, including the conversations that went on within our own board of trustees. How do you educate people about the variations in the quality of health care? 
that's a great question, and I think it's one that we're all struggling with right now. There's endless websites being built. There's endless resources being developed, and yet we're finding that consumers don't go there, that consumers are not yet the major users of these sites. Are there people who use them? Absolutely. So I think we need to further focus on how we develop these websites. We have organizations like Consumer Reports and Health Grades who are very interested in that. We also have national organizations such as the Joint Commission and Medicare who are working to develop much more consumer-friendly resources. In Massachusetts and many other states, we're bringing up consumer-oriented sites. We're seeing this in also in hospitals, and whether it's the New York Health and Hospital Corporation or the Beth Israel Deaconess Hospital in Massachusetts or Dartmouth-Hitchcock in New Hampshire, we're seeing hospitals bring together resources. They could be these websites. They could be resources in the hospital and in the clinic. And finally, we're seeing a lot of exciting work going on in TV. We're seeing work going on in churches and community libraries to begin to find, to go to where the patient is, to go where the consumer is naturally and use that environment as a vehicle for information. How big is this challenge? Oh, I think it's huge. You know, culture change, we have learned in school, takes us anywhere from eight years and beyond. And we've all had a very different notion, I think in some ways a subservient notion, of how patients and families engage in care. I think we in healthcare have had that notion, and I also think the public has had a notion, which is staying in their place, not crossing boundaries. It has not at all been about partnership but we're now realizing it has to be about partnership. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me is Mr. Jim Conway, Chairman of the Partnership for Healthcare Excellence and Senior Vice President of the Institute of Healthcare Improvement in Cambridge, Massachusetts, discussing healthcare reform. Mr. Conway, what's at stake. I think it's becoming increasingly clear that we are not going to dramatically improve the quality and safety of healthcare until we invite patients, families, and consumers to be a critical part of it. I recently was at the national meeting of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association. The leader of that organization, Scott Sirota, gave the opening address. In that address, he focused on the essential role of engaging consumers as part of the journey. I had the opportunity to sit for 18 months on one of the Institute of Medicine's group. The Institute of Medicine is an advisory group to Congress, and they were asked to look at medication error in the country and then to come out and make some recommendations. And this impressive group of scientists and leaders looked at data, research, listened for 18 months, and when they issued their report, the first thing they found was that there are about 1.5 million preventable adverse drug events a year in the United States. So there's an extraordinary amount of suffering, harm that goes on in the system 
What we also found in our recommendations is that with all the recommendations we were making, they were all grounded in the principle that we are not going to figure out the medication system until we invite the patient and those who care for the patient in as full partners in this system. So that's the strongest barrier against medical errors? I think for the healthcare system, the strongest barrier after inclusion is of the patient is putting in place systems to support safe practice for patients, families, and those who care for them. I think for the patient, the strongest barrier against medical errors is asking questions, engaging, becoming an active participant in care. How do you respond to those who say if they speak up, their doctor will view them as pests? We've, as part of the Partnership for Healthcare Excellence, we've done extensive meetings, focus groups, market research, other tools with physicians all across the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And what we found is that what doctors want in healthcare is exactly what patients want. Is this new? It sure is. What we're encouraging consumers to do is to work with those doctors. Don't be exhaustive in your lists. Focus. But also persevere. It's your health that this is all about. And I think the other thing that we're encouraging people to do is to persevere both respectively but deliberately. That we have, as I've mentioned before, certain ways that we've learned over the years healthcare should be practiced. This is a major change, and I'm not at all suggesting we lighten up, but we focus on respect and being deliberate. What's your best advice to physicians who may be perceived as being annoyed by patients who ask a lot of questions? I'd encourage the physician to invite the patient in, to ask them what they would like to see from this visit, what they would like to have answered, and then listen. It's one of the hardest things that we as healthcare professionals learn to do. It's to shut up and listen. I had the opportunity a few years ago to attend the National Quality Meeting of Kaiser Permanente Health System, and a physician there was presenting the work of a team that was working on diabetes, and what they began doing is giving patients while they were waiting a list of the major things that a diabetic should focus on, and they would ask the patient to circle what they wanted to work on. As soon as they began that process, they saw an extraordinary increase in patient satisfaction because the office visit was now about not only what the doctor wanted to do, but what the patient wanted to talk about. I'd also encourage the physician and the patient to invite somebody they consider family to join them at the visit. I know when I go to the hospital or when I go to see my physician in the clinic, I'm worried, I'm distracted, I'm nervous. Even as somebody who's worked in the healthcare for 40 years, when you're in there as a patient, it's different. So if there's anything at all important being talked about at the visit, it's always wonderful to have somebody else in the room who can help you, who can listen with you and learn with you. And then after the visit is over, you can then sit down and talk about what went on during that visit. Mr. Conway, are any of the presidential candidates echoing the mission of the Partnership for Healthcare Excellence? 
I think we're, we're certainly hearing a, a lot of discussions about health care. I think the, the, the discussions in the presidential election are much more focused on issues of access, getting access to health care, dealing with the issue of the 47 million uninsured in the country. I think we have still work to do to get the agendas of the various presidential candidates much more aligned to a more comprehensive set of agendas in healthcare, including things like the Partnership for Healthcare Excellence. Mr. Conway, thank you so much for joining us to discuss healthcare reform. But thank you very much, Susan. It was wonderful to be here. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments at ReachMD.com, which now features on-demand podcasts of the ReachMD Library. Thank you for listening. 